Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in May of 2021. And welcome to episode 46, Game On. Game on, baby. Our shout out today is for our former Itza. Yes. When we were at the same school together, he reached out to us and showed us how to get more analytics. Yes. (laughs) Two episodes ago, we had mentioned that we have all these, the podcast is in different platforms and we didn't know how to access them. (laughs) Nope. On Google Podcast, there's a whole lot of people who listen to us, which I had no idea. I really thought we were like, nobody listened to us on Google. (laughs) But yeah, we have 69 subscribers. Wow. And it's just, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. It is. Then we did a deeper dive into Apple Podcasts, which we thought we had the right data right yeah, yeah. It turns well, out we didn't well then we went and list, looked at some other part of it and it said we had 6.8k listens yes wait it's five times as much that's crazy it really is if you're listening to us now on Google, on Apple, on TuneIn, on Spotify, wherever, Spotify, on- wherever you're listening to, we would love for you to follow us on Twitter. Reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know that you're listening and what you enjoy. Yeah, and we just recently got mentioned in a tweet also for someone who was painting, Annalise, who was painting yes. while she was listening. We would love to, to know what you do while you listen to our podcast. Do you do the dishes? Are you out for a walk or a run right now? I'm in the car when I'm listening. I, I That's where I listen to, <laughs> in the car. So, Abby, we're going back to, to let's yes. go back to our former Itza. Abby, thank you so much for giving us that information. Thank you. And, and he's subscribing. He is. <laughs> and congrats on your engagement. Yay! We're so excited for you. <laughs> okay, our reflection this week. I have a great one. Do you have a, a reflection too? No, you're 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 taking it. I'm taking it. Okay, here's my turn. You know that my mom and I listen to the podcast every Sunday in the car when I do my Sunday adventures with mom. Yes. Last week, we were listening to the episode where you had talked to your kids about eight times three-fourths. Correct. I hit pause on in my car, and I said, all right, mom, go for it. And P.S. listeners, I told her I was going to repeat this story, so she knows it's coming. She was like, I got to do math. And, <laughs> and she does have math anxiety and she admits it. But I have right. to tell you that since all of this with number talks and everything that I've been doing with her right. for years, her math anxiety is way down. Isn't it, mom? Now, look, she's going to look <laughs> at me and, and say, yes, yes, it is. I said to her, OK, how would you solve it? Oh, my gosh. I was so excited. You know what I did, listeners? I said, Mom, we have to call Karina. Yes. So I called you yes. and had her retell the story to yeah, you. Yeah, it was. It was a way that neither one of us yeah, had thought so, so of Yeah, so tell either. them. Okay. So tell them. So my mom said, well, 
three-fourths is only one-fourth away from four-fourths. Yep. So she said eight four-fourths is eight, but I still have eight one-fourths to get rid of. So I, she's saying this, so I made two four-fourths or two, I subtracted two from eight and got six. And I, my mind was yeah. completely blown. Yeah. I was like, Mom, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say what you just said. Right. Which just attests to the yes. fact we have got to teach kids to be flexible with numbers. Yeah. And Tinker. Play. We were just in a webinar yesterday. Yesterday with and Kyle and John. With Kyle and John. <laughs> And it was another great one, amazing of course, one. Of course, And they had said this, and it, it was funny because while they're while they're presenting, <laughs> Laura and I are texting back and forth. And I said, "Tinker, yes. I I I wish my kids were better tinkerers." Is that a word, tinkerers? <laughs> it is tonight. It is. <laughs> All right, we have some good news. We do. This past weekend, we attended the PBCCTM Teacher of the Year Banquet. Banquet right. Yes. That, and it was postponed from last year, but also celebrating. So it celebrated last year's winners and this year's finalists. And winners, right. And winners, yes. right. And it was nice to be out a- and... Around our math peeps. Right. And then we got to meet new people. Yes. And we were outside. We well, were, you know... okay, yeah. It was hot. The Florida sun. It was hot. It was. But it was, it was just nice to... It, it ki- was kind of normal. Kind of normal. Kind of normal. It was. And you finally got your plaque. I did. From being last year's winner. I did. And I got to tell everyone the story about how I presented you as the winner over Google Meet. I went yes. to your house and brought balloons and your principal was in the Google yes. Meet. And yeah. It was that was fun. It was. Let's get into today's topic. Game on. We're going to talk about six games that are easy to play and can be modified for different grade levels. Right. I think before we start and we describe the games that we've chosen today, we should have a conversation about what makes a good game. Right. In our opinion. This is just our opinion. Well, and I've also heard it from other people too. Okay. So it's, All right. it's not just us. Okay. You know, but these are the ones we wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> these are the ones we wrote. I think top of the list. Go ahead. It has to be fun. At Wolf. Right? Hello, isn't that it our middle has, name? It has to be fun and engaging. It has to be something that the kids, like... Are dying yes, to get their hands they on. they want to play it. And that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean it has to be laminated and pretty. Oh, gosh, that's, no. That's not, that's not what fun is, right? Fun is that it's engaging and it hooks them and they get addicted. I have a story about that when yeah. we get to number three in our games, okay? Okay, okay. So if I forget... You remind me. I will. Okay. One of the key components of great games is having choice. Yeah. Letting the kids choose, not the game, but within the game, that they have a choice. Should I stop? Should I keep going? And it filters right into having, creating good strategies. Right. And with choice also, like what you just said, should I stop? Should I keep going? Should I do this or do that? It opens it up. So it's like low floor, totally. high ceiling tasks yes. 
because now their their entry points everyone can get there yes can start exactly another big characteristic of a good game is that it's easy to modify or that it already has variations you can google these games and you'll see variations for things right and i think what we mean specifically with that is that you could apply it in kindergarten right first, all the way, all the way to fifth grade and then even inside the grade level you could use it for different goals mm-hmm. you could use it with fractions you could use it with decimals you yes. could use it in different parts of your curriculum. curriculum yeah all right are you ready let's go okay number one is guess my number. Now, this is an oldie but a goodie. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten about this game until yesterday when I had to go, quote, cover a specials class. Okay, well, um, do, do you have plans? Whatever. Yes, the person had plans. The smart panel wasn't working. Oh, so of course. So I call for our tech support person and Eventually, you know, he comes in. As I'm starting to go through my right. deck in my, my filing cabinet what in my What am I head, going to do? What am I going to do for 30 minutes with, <laughs> with these second graders? Oh, boy. Right. Okay. So I said, we're going to play Guess My Number. And they're all like, what? Yeah, because they, they know I love to play games with them. The smart panel wasn't working even for the whiteboard. So I went over to the actual whiteboard. I'm like, all right, we're going old school here. And I take out my, the whiteboard marker. Yeah. I wrote up numbers 1 to 50 as their range. And I said to them, my secret number, I'm going to write it on this little post-it note and put it over there so you know I'm not cheating. I said, right. do you ever think I would cheat with you? And they're like, no. Okay. And I said to them, you have to guess my number by only asking me yes or no questions. Those are the only things I can say. Yes or no. Ooh. Then I said... You have to, as a class, figure out my secret number before 10 questions. You only get 10 questions to ask me, which makes it even better. Well, these second graders, I, I knew after waiting like crickets for someone to come up with a question, they've never been asked to do something like this. They've never had a task like this. So one kid said something and I said, well, is that a good question? I think the kid said something like, is your number 15? Something like that. Right. And I said, wait a minute. Don't we have like 49 other numbers? But you only have nine more questions if we use that question. So I was like, let's come up with another question. And I think at that point, somebody came up with something like, is there a one in the tens place or something? And I'm like, okay, well, that's a little better, right? Right. Okay. Our tech person had finished fixing the smart panel, was about to leave, raises his hand. And I said, yes. He said, may I ask a one of the questions? I said, absolutely. He goes, is it even or odd? And I said, wait, remember, I, I can only answer yes or no questions. And he starts turning and walking away. I said, no, no, no. Can you reframe your question? Restate it. And he goes, ah, is the number even? And I said, no. So <laughs> we got to have a whole great discussion about, I mean, I did with the kids. He left. Right, right. <laughs> and I saw him this morning. Yeah. And he said, I loved that. That was so great. Like he wanted to stay and participate because it's that engaging. Exactly. It hooks the kids in and they want to play. Because they want to know what my secret number is. And they want to be the one to figure it out. And that class, they did win. Did they? They figured it out on, I think they had one question left. But they figured it out. We talked a lot about greater than and less than. I got to teach them the symbol, not using alligator teeth. I said to them, make an L with your left hand. I said, now just turn it a little bit. That's the less than symbol. 
L and L. I mean, do I want them to eventually know it? Of course, but this if this was their first, second, third exposure and they don't they can't tell the difference without right. drawing teeth. Right. Okay, at least it gives them a little something else. Right. Have you ever tried to play play it with like a fraction number or a decimal number? Recently, no, but you can totally do that. Why couldn't you? That's what I'm thinking. I'm, again, modifications, yep. variations. Yep. So the way that we have organized these games, we've kind of started with ones that you could play in kindergarten mm-hmm. and and then move up in the grade levels. And guess my number? I, I did it with the whole class. I mean, you could have it with a small group and the kids could play together, I guess. But to me, it's more like a, a whole group yes. kind of thing. And I got the kids talking before they even asked me. I said, Okay, talk to the person at your table because they sit at opposite ends of the table because right. COVID times. And I said, just just talk at your tables. What would be a good question to ask me? Yeah, right? it's so, kind of like guess who? Yes, I'm I'm, I'm thinking of like that, using a, a number chart and doing it like guess who? And that would have been so much smarter had I had the forethought, but right. I didn't know that the smart panel wasn't going to be working. But, right. But yes, to bring in a hundreds board or a 50 board. I played it yesterday with a fourth grade class and the range was one to 300, which would be so much faster for me to cross it off. Yeah. Because uh, I ended up so writing fun. a whole bunch. Right. And then, right, and then right. rewriting and right. yeah. Right. Okay, good. Tip. There we go. The second game we want to discuss is Dottie Six. Now, you know we're going to put every link we can think of and find in the show notes. Of course. But this one's from Enrich. Enrich Maths. Yes. Had you played it before today? No. Okay. Laura just taught me how to play it. It's basically a tic-tac-toe board, Mm -hmm. and in each box Mm -hmm. on that that tic-tac-toe grid, the goal is to fill six dots. Right. And so you use one die and you roll it. I was like, let's play it. Here we go. Right. So I rolled the first die. I think I got a four. I can put those four dots in one of the boxes, the empty boxes. Right. You can't split the dots. You have to keep them together. But you can put them in any box on that tic-tac-toe grid. Right. Then the next roll, I rolled a three. I placed it in the corner. Mm -hmm. I can't place it in the same one that you did because... It, you it's can only much. fill, you can only have six right. in there. Now, it doesn't matter who writes in the dots. It's the last person that fills in the sixth dot in a tic-tac-toe fashion, yes. and, you know, diagonal or horizontal or vertical, that is the winner. You know what we didn't get to, though? We didn't get to the point where neither one of us, we would have to lose a turn, right? Because oh, we hadn't filled yes. up the whole thing. No. But it is possible this has happened where, right. you know, I'll roll a five and all we need are one, two, or three, one, two, or three, or four dots in a right. section. So right. I just lost my turn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. And again, here there's strategy mm-hmm. because there were moments where I'm like, oh, I can put it here, but then if, she rolls a- if, if Laura rolls this, then I would lose. So it's, it is, it's strategic. You have to think about where you're placing these dots and where you want it to go. Absolutely. I love that one. Okay. The third one is pig. And that's the one that I wanted to talk about. You had mentioned this one, I think last episode, and I was so stuck on shut, shut the, the box, box that I didn't even realize when I listened to the episode later, I'm like, wait, I don't know what pig is either. But I was so stuck on shut the box because I was like, that's intriguing to me. 
So that I totally missed the fact that I don't I don't know what pig is. I said, let's play. So we went to the dining table. Yeah, I we got played two a few dice. games before this episode. We did. It was fun. This was the game that I said I wanted to talk about. Yes. I walked into the fourth grade class two days ago. They had finished their state testing and I mean, you're done after a state test. Yep. I had brought dice with me and I said, get out a piece of paper and a pencil. That's all you need. I gave each kid two dice Mm -hmm. and they didn't know this, but they were going to be able to keep them. Okay. There's my gift to you. Happy day. And I taught them how to play pig. They played it for, I mean, 25 minutes easily. Right. I go in yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. And as soon as I walked in, the kids said, are we going to play Pig again? I know. Isn't that great? And I was like, no, we're going to play Guess My Number. (laughs) (laughs) Another game. Let's play another game. Another game. But wow, I mean, they wanted to play it so badly. And again, that's why it's a good game. Yep. You can do all those things that we've talked about. You can you can modify it. There's variations. Mm-hmm. It's low floor, high ceiling. You can differentiate it. You can. There's just so much that you can do with this and one. And there's actual commercial pig game dice. And in my classroom, I have it. But I didn't have enough for everybody. Right. I only have one set. So, again, we just modify. The rule is that on a roll, you have two dice. If one of them turns into a one, if what you roll a one, your round is done. Here's the best part. You can keep rolling as long as you want to. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. But then, if like the next roll you get, you get a one, you lose all the points for that That's round. It. Now, the the way I was playing it with the kids was if you rolled a double and it has to be between two and six. So two and two twos, two threes, two fours, two fives, two sixes. You get the double of the double of those points. Ooh. So if they, they rolled two sixes, we talked about it beforehand. They knew right. that they were going to get 24 points. Right. What? Right. Well, if you rolled snake eyes, two ones, the version I was playing, you got 25 points. We saw another version yes. where you lose everything. Everything. You start all the way back at zero. But what I did was with the kids is once they decided to stop, they got to add up their points and keep those points forever. It, they were no, banked. They were banked. Exactly. What I liked about that too is the double of the double. Mm-hmm. That is a really, that's a skill that needs to be practiced. And And we didn't even get into that the double of the double is really times four. Yes. I didn't have time to get into that because they were playing. Right. But yes, like what? But even that language, the double of the double, Mm -hmm. I love that makes them think of what is the double Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to double that. I do have another story about Pig though. I was playing it with some fifth graders, Uh three of them and myself. First time that they were playing it, this one student rolled and rolled and kept rolling. There was probably a string of, I don't know, 10 or 12 rolls. Wow. And the other two kids and I are looking at him like, wow. <laughs> then the very next roll, he gets a one. And he, I was like, dude. So he had to put a line through all those points. When the game was over, I said to him, we're all going to add up what you originally rolled. And do you know what? It was well over 100. Mm. So we talked about the power of keeping a either running count in your head. Or an estimate. Thank you. Yes. Because I said, look at all this. You have loads of eights and nines. What is that close to? And they're like, 10. And I said, okay, yeah, look. Look what you could have done. Oh, my goodness. You could have won on round one. So lesson learned. The fourth game we chose was how close to 100. Now, I did get this off of the 
YouCube site long, a long time ago. Yes. Of- and you've shared this one with me, and it's a it's one that's in my rotations as well. Mm-hmm. Very beginning of the school year. I love to bring that one out because it really brings back... Arrays. Arrays. <laughs> and yes. What it actually looks like. The other three we mentioned really could start at kindergarten or even pre-K. The ones we're going to mention now really start at third. Because you know? we're doing more multiplication right. now. So right. this one, yeah, how close to 100? But you know what? Couldn't second graders, if they roll a three and a five, couldn't they color in three rows of five or five rows of three? Let's get them ready for a multiplication. Yeah. I, I guess, just thought of that. I mean, yeah. I guess they could. They totally could. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But how close to 100? Love this game. Yeah, it's a great one. You said that you played it with a class. So I ended up, the the kids played one versus one. Yeah. Okay. That's how I've always had it. I've always but had But at them. the end, it turned into a class competition because I said to each pair, at count up or add up whatever your score was and find out how many more you needed to get to 100. Because I wanted them to subtract from 100. Yes. And so I would say, okay, what what was your score? What was your score? And the, the pair with the lowest score was the winners. Ah, oh, nice. Right? So it was kind of... They were working together collaboratively on the actual game, but then it turned into a competition (laughs) with the whole class. Nice. Number five is the product game. Oh, I love this one. This one's so great. And there's a version of it online. Mm -hmm. You can play it solo. Yep. I've had my kids play it solo. You can play it against another player. Yep. Easy, virtually, and... Also, it's pa- also great on paper, pa- pencil. Yeah, it's great on paper. And again, it's great to modify it. It's one the, like this is just wonderful product game. What do they need? They need, they need either bingo chips. You could use paper clips. Yeah, just something to mark their spot. Right. And expo marker or something. If you have it on a transparency, then they can erase it and start over. Or you can just or have just it on paper and just mark it. Bingo chips, right? If you have one oh, color. Oh, right, yes. Oh, sorry, yeah. and I no, have that's... one color. Yeah, you could just use bingo chips. That would and work. It's, I think it's like the first person with four in a row or something is the winner. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Just just go to the show notes. It's show notes. <laughs> It'll be there. It's and super fun. You can play it on the website so that you learn how to play it. Yep. That's kind of how I did it. Yes. Also, I introduced it to them on the website because then they can see it in, in like action and they understand the rules. Kind of like what I did with Ken Ken. Had them uh-huh. play online first because then they can see if they got it right or not or, or you know they if they're following the patterns and then uh, play it on paper what one thing that I loved to do with the product game is when I introduced it to them I'd have one student come up to my desk and it would be me versus that kid mm-hmm. but I would let that kid talk to the whole class in right. case somebody else was like no use you know this or that so I've done it where it's just me against them it's Ooh, just nice. it's just like I'm like okay so who's gonna get, oh I heard this as yep. the first number so this is the one that you're choosing and then they're like no <laughs> yeah I've done it that way too the last the last game we've chosen number six is one of my favorites for fifth grade after teaching order of operations mm-hmm. 
is target number dash. And this one is, I love this game. What you do is you, just with a deck of cards, that's all you need. Take out the face cards. Yes, take out the face cards. You can keep 10 in there. Okay. But yeah, face cards are gone. No jokers. Ace is a one. Ace is one. And you shuffle your deck, flip over five cards. Those are the cards, those are the numbers you're going to work with. Okay. And then your next card is the target number. Okay. What you're trying to do is create an expression that equals that target number. And you can use any operation and you can use parentheses, exponents they don't know in fifth grade, but in sixth you could could bring that in. And yeah, it's so fun. It's so fun. And I was just thinking about a modification. Maybe they're in middle school and you want them to use fractions so they could maybe... You'd say, okay, your third card that you flipped over, take half of that. Oh, yeah. Right? Especially if it's an odd number, and then it would turn into a fraction. Yeah. Or a mixed number. So you have all these things you can do. And what I've done also, because some kids can just look at those numbers and on a whiteboard just write them down and and manipulate them, move them around, and they can they can in their hold, head, right, right? They can hold on to that. Some kids need the tactile, the you know, moving it around, yes. manipulative wise. So what I did was I printed parentheses mm-hmm. cards, mm-hmm. like just a card that has just on cardstock, right? And open and close laminated, right? Open and close parentheses, addition, subtraction, right. multiplication, all the, all the operations, and, mm-hmm. and then they could just move the operations oh, but you could parentheses. you could also have numbers mm-hmm. and then they could move those too nice i kind of feel like this is an open middle task it kind of is it kind wow. of is but what's nice is that it's always changing yes because, because your next target round number. your target number is different sweet and i've played it so many times and I think maybe once we couldn't find a solution. So it's a great, I mean, it works almost every time. Wow. Okay, listeners, it's time to jump into the challenge. We would love for you to play a game with your students and let us know how it goes, but also share your favorite games with us on Twitter. You can send us an email at learningthroughmath at gmail.com. Any way to get a hold of us. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.